Hello, and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Do you find yourself making sacrifices to keep someone else happy but not getting much in return? That could be a codependent relationship. Here to talk more about that is Allison Maxfield. She's a social worker out of Pleasantville, New Jersey, and has dealt with this issue herself. First of all, Allison, thanks for joining us. What is codependency? Um, Codependency is when you stop thinking about your needs, wants, and desires, and you're extremely focused on the needs, wants, and desires of a partner to the point where um, you disown your true self to try to please them. Uh, And usually it's a partner with a um, serious dysfunction of some kind. How common is this? It's extremely common. Um, You know, in codependency, um, there's a funny phrase. They say that codependency is the mother of all addictions. And if you think about it, um, think about all the people you know in your life who have um, parents with addictions or um, divorces. Um, There's a lot of children who have been raised and a lot of adults who have been raised in situations where they weren't really loved for who they were. So when people aren't loved for who they are um, and they're given unconditional, uh, unconditional love as a child, they usually... um, try to be somebody they're not. And then they go towards um, being with people who are very critical of them or who have addictions to try to prove that they're worthy. So is that who is most likely to become a codependent person? Yes. So somebody who was raised with something called an insecure attachment. So they have an insecure attachment style. Um, Some of the the children might have been raised in families where there was alcoholism. Um, It was very militaristic. Uh, Maybe a parent was emotionally ill um, or narcissistic. Perhaps there was sexual abuse or incest. Um, Maybe the parent was a hypochondriac. Um, Or maybe there was just a a huge emphasis on being perfect. Um, So these these family types um, can really contribute to um, somebody becoming a codependent. I'm sure there are people in codependent relationships that don't even realize it. What are some of the signs that you are in a codependent relationship? Um, you know, one of the signs is that, well, there's a funny story. And it's the idea that um, if a codependent dies, they'll see someone else's life shine and flash before their eyes. The idea is that you don't know where you begin and where they end and where they end and where you begin a sign, a really good sign is something called the codependent crazies. So you find yourself obsessing about them, trying to figure them out, trying to um, save them, fix them, control them, dominate them. Or you might find yourself saying yes to them a lot when you want to say no. And it's all because you fundamentally want to be validated, loved and approved of by the person who might not be able to give that to you because of their addiction. Can two people in a relationship be codependent? Yes. Uh, Commonly, two people in a relationship are codependent. Uh, There's something called the codependent dance, in which one person is more of an anxious, avoiding codependent, and the other person is more of a um, pushing codependent. Um, They're trying to control or dominate the other person, and the other person is running away. And then the other person might feel, well, I missed them. Now they're running towards them. And now the controlling dominant one is running away. So it becomes a dance between the two of desperately wanting healthy connection, but not being able to have it because they don't have a healthy connection with themselves. You actually have dealt with this yourself. Can you share your experience? Sure. So about 
Um, I have a history of um, being in uh, relationships with um, alcoholic partners, and I grew up, um, part of my family system has some issues with alcoholism. And um, I grew up um, in that lifestyle, and and, um, I realized five years ago I don't want to be with these types of people anymore. I deserve better. And um, so at that time, I heard about the Codependence Anonymous program, CODA.org, and I joined, and I've been in the recovery program for five years. How did you go through that process? What was the actual process of getting to a healthier place? Uh, First, admitting I had a problem. Um, You know, one of the biggest issues that I realized within myself was I had a tendency to do a lot of blaming and shaming towards others, which was really a projection of my own anger with myself. And um, through the recovery process, um, uh, doing the meetings through CODA.org, I do meetings at other places too online and through Zoom at this time, but um, just really identifying, finding my true self, um, it, having something what they call, which is one of the promises of Codependence Anonymous, which is having a spiritual awakening, which is really finding my true self. Um, and the more I find my true self, the more I'm happy within myself and I'm self-reliant upon myself for happiness. Uh, it's a great feeling. Was it a difficult process? Were you able to say, okay, I'm ready to do it and just move right ahead? Or were there setbacks with it? No, um, actually, there were a tremendous amount of setbacks. The last thing I wanted to do in the beginning of um, getting well was the meetings. Um, I looked at all, you know, I would go on a meeting, I would stay for five minutes, um, because I wanted to be in my drama. I was so used to being in the drama. um, And there's a lot of self-absorption in the drama. And, um, you know, and then I would tell myself, okay, I'll do 20 minutes. Um, I even remember at one time, I just did the meetings to please my sponsor. And then, um, and then, you know, a lot of things happened in my life. And I realized that, okay, this is a deeply rooted compulsion that I have. And I need to heal myself so that I can be a better healer for others. Uh, but I need to heal myself for myself first. Um, Cause I deserve to have a good life. I deserve to feel good. Um, and I deserve, and I, I know that if you do the work, there's a recovery slogan, um, it works if you work it. So um, my belief in God is so strong, and I do this for God so that I can be um, what God wants me to be, the best possible version of myself. Is this what you really specialize in as a social worker and what led you to become a social worker? It's what I specialize in. It's probably subconsciously exactly why I got into this. Uh, most social workers get into being a, um, a therapist to heal themselves um, on a subconscious level. Uh, first, they start off wanting to save the world, and then they realize, wow, I, I can't really save anyone if I'm not okay. Um, it's just, um, it, it's, it's a calling. Um, I find that the, the true callings in life come from um, the reaction to the circumstances of life. So I'm just happy to be able to you know, have the ability to work as hard on this as I can so I can share the knowledge with others. And you are very busy right now. A lot of people coming to you. Do they come as a couple or do you find that one person will come and try to bring the other one along? Yes. So typically, um, based upon the level of health within the relationship, um, I, I do work with a lot of couples, but if the couple is very unhealthy, they'll come to me and they'll say, you've got to fix this one. Um, If the relationship is healthier or if the person coming to me is healthier, um, they'll, they'll start to admit to themselves within therapy, maybe I'm part of the problem. 
Um, and when couples are able to really see that their on their personal unhappiness is contributing to the issues in the relationship and they start to really um, work on making themselves a happier, healthier person, that's when the couple gets better. Some people would call this, you know, love, not codependency. But the idea of love has really been glamorized in movies to be, you know, you you complete me, the Jerry Maguire movie. But you're saying (laughs) that's not really the way it is. No. In fact, you know, Back in like the 50s, 60s, it was the whole idea of, I mean, you know, Kenny Rogers songs, all the love songs. Um, it was all about, you know, um, you're, you're my everything. Without you, I'm nothing. I would die without you. Um, you know, back in those times, it was this idea of um, if I just meet the one, I'll be happy. And the problem is, you know, COVID's a great example of that. Well, I met the one. They're not happy. Now I'm not happy. Um, But the newer ideas of love is I'm whole, I'm healthy, and I do that for myself first, and I bring that wholeness and happiness to you as my partner. The new ideas of love are grow and compatibility relationships. I want to grow with you. I want to be compatible with you. Um, We never talk really about the healthy ones, but they're out there. Well, that's good to hear because this can be a little bit disconcerting to hear that there are so many people that are struggling with this. But the good news is you have helped so many people. How, uh, it's hard to say how long, but how much of an effort does it take for someone to overcome codependency? Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that the, the thing about all addictions is the idea that um, it, it's, you go into denial very easily. So a lot of times when people think, oh, I've kicked this. Um, then they end up like 10 years later and they look at it and they're like, wow, I'm still doing this. So my recommendation is take it seriously. Uh, codependency is no different. You know, I read a book and it said codependency is a cancer in the soul. And I thought that was wonderful because, you know, if you, God forbid, had cancer for the rest of your life, you would do preventative measures. So with codependency, if you know that you have an issue of codependency or any kind of ism, alcoholism, gambling issues, you know, you do, you treat yourself every day as best as you can to keep on the straight and narrow and to live a good life. Do parents and children have codependent relationships? I think today more than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. In what ways? Well, I think that, um, you know, codependency is all about trying to control the behaviors of another. And I think that, parents unwittingly have brought at a very early age addiction into the family system for a child through video games, through television. Um, You know, when a mother has to go in and and scream at a child to stop playing video games and the child says, um, talks back to the mother and keeps playing, we've already created a system, um, a situation of unmanageability. Um, So I think that very early on parents need to establish rules and, and, um, you know, consequences and stick by them. A a benchmark of a parent with codependency is saying yes when they want to say no to a child and not having firm boundaries. And if you start that um, at an early age, um, giving into a child, you're going to have a codependent relationship where the child's out of control. Well, that's an alarming thing to hear because many parents 
sort of look at that as something just to keep the kid occupied, something for them to do. We know kids are on their phones all the time or playing games mm-hmm. all the time. And that's scary to hear that that can actually develop into a problem. It can, but the great thing is it can also be a solution. So you use the video game as a reward. You use time on the phone as a reward. And you put the video games and the phones in a public place where after the child has finished doing homework or finished doing whatever, then they can access that that thing again. Yes, that's a good rule. In our family, we at least have have said the rule is no phones, no video, no TV at the dinner table. We have really tried, right. especially during COVID, to make family time and dinner time a time where we actually talk to one another. Wow, there's a new a new concept. <laughs> Families actually sitting around and talking to one another. And I'll tell you, it has been, that is a, one silver lining of all of this because people aren't running out the door all the time doing something because we're all home a lot more. And that has been a silver lining of COVID where you're spending that time together. And in my opinion, I wish we all would get back to that. We, we got away from that a lot, especially as our kids were growing up and they had to run to some sporting event or whatever, practice for something. And it's unfortunate because that is such a basis of a good family foundation to have that time together, even if it's a half an hour, 45 minutes Absolutely. once a day, just to kind of connect with one another. And I think that's yes. a part of being healthy and not just with your children, but with your partner as well. Yes, you're absolutely right. You know, boundaries are respected from children and from partners so much better when you've had positive interactions. That's actually right. So one of the things that we can learn from this is to try to have those positive interactions and to start with children, especially start with them young, to setting up those boundaries, not allowing a codependent relationship. So what can people do if they want to get started? Say they are listening to this and they say, wow, that sounds like me or that sounds like my family. What are some ways they can just begin the process of getting some help? Okay. First thing I would tell them to do is um, one of my favorite books I tell all my clients to get is um, Codependency for Dummies. It's part of the Dummy series. It's really easy to read. (laughs) Um, And it's really fun because there's cartoons, but it's by Darlene Lancer. She's my favorite author on codependency right now. Um, So I tell them to get that book. Um, I tell people to go on to uh, coda.org and print out the patterns characteristics and patterns of codependency PDF and to highlight what sounds like them. Um, Then I encourage them, bring that into your therapist and start really, um, or find a therapist. And if you can't find a therapist or afford a therapist at this time, there's coda.org, there's Al-Anon, meetings online, phone, you name it, it's out there. There's ACOA, which there's some really strong groups in the Atlanta County area for Al-Anon and ACOA. Um, There's Naranon, Gaminon. So there's a lot of resources. Uh, www.intherooms.com is fantastic. There's um, a lot of even more general groups. And if you have an issue with the idea of God um, and 12-step programs, there's even atheist groups out there, agnostic groups out there. Um, Dharma Recovery is it's for any kind of addiction, and it's a Buddhist group. And Buddhism um, is not about God. It's about um, becoming self-sufficient, self-reliant, and growing in self-compassion towards yourself. So there's so many resources out there. Um, I just say first, identify the problem. Second, figure out if you're ready to do something about it. Third, make a time frame for yourself. You know what? This week I'm going to check out that meeting. And Mm -hmm. fourth, 
do it. Just do it. You'll be so proud of yourself that you did. And if you're scared to do it, don't even talk at a meeting. You can even turn your screen off at a meeting so nobody can even see you. I was just going to say that that is something that I've done a lot of interviews on mental health and so forth. And a lot of people are now, almost everyone is doing online meetings. So you're not there in person. And for some people, that's maybe a little bit easier to ease into it where they don't have to show their face. They can just kind of listen and just be part of the meeting without having to identify themselves. And that is mm-hmm. some, in some ways a little bit of a positive because, uh, you know, th- th- it's nice to be face-to-face. Let's, that's, that's something people really enjoy. But we can't do that right now. So this is a great way to ease into it, especially if you don't want to participate or have your face shown. You can just listen and be part of the group without doing that. So that's a really good point. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, you have been terrific, Allison. Thank you so much for all this wonderful information about codependency, helping people to realize it and where they can go to get help. So thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks. And thank you for joining me for this podcast to help you learn more and live better. And I hope you did that today. Please be sure to subscribe and you'll keep up to date on our most recent episode. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please give it a quick review. I would certainly appreciate that. Thanks again for joining me today for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Until next time, please stay safe and keep living well.